hello, hello, everyone. It's your girl, Elise James. I know it has been a very, very, very long time since I have spoken to you all, and I apologize about the lapse in time, but I am trying to definitely be more consistent with recording and putting out podcasts because it is something that I do enjoy. I enjoy listening to them, and I enjoy talking to you all about things that just, you know, come up on the TL. So where have I been? Honestly, I have been in the last year and a half working. I was in two weddings, one which I was the maid of honor in. Um, trying to get my business launched. Part of it is launched, but not the whole thing. And I'll maybe get into more of that as we get better acquainted with one another. But for now, I'm just going to pretty much keep it under wraps. Same as my profession, because it is a highly sensitive profession. And I don't ever want to lower the esteem. I always want to keep the esteem of my profession raised, as we already have enough naysayers, if you will, um, coming for us and coming for our integrity and our work that we do. So unless it's unnecessary, unless it's necessary, I won't be sharing a whole bunch about what I do unless something comes up as far as like a hot topic that I feel that it should be addressed. Sorry, I had to take a sip of water. So yeah, with that said, I mean, 2003 for me was, I mean, 2023, oh my gosh, 2023 for me was such, it was an exhausting year. And I want to say coming out of the height and the urgency and the panic of the pandemic and working under those conditions and leading a team under those conditions it, it, it was quite exhausting you guys like I put on a ton of weight which I hate like I got a back injury like it, it was just it's just been rough for me so I've been crawling out slowly but surely and honestly you know in December of 2023 I really made some I would say assessments about how I was living and Honestly, as soon as the clock struck midnight um, on January 1st at 20, entering and in, ushering in 2024, I literally had like a mind shift and a pivot and a, a rhythm and a pace in my spirit. And today we're, we're mid-February now, past Valentine's Day, but mid-February now into late, honestly, and I have not felt better. I started getting a B12 shot. I started seeing um, an acu- a fantastic acupuncturist, and they do cupping and all those things, and that's really helped me with my back. I went on my first hike since 2021. Like, I'm trying to come back with a vengeance. I need to get back down to my fighting weight. I need to get back to my sexy. I have all these fire clothes and dope outfits I can't get in, and I hate it, so... I'm trying to do something about it and as efficiently as possible because, you know, it's really difficult with the back injury. Like, I had a Peloton, guys. I had to get rid of it because I couldn't get on the Peloton. Every time I got on, my back would get activated and, you know, it would just, I would go back into extreme pain. Sorry, I'm grabbing my charger. Already starting off wrong, but um, for my computer. 
But, you know, with the help of the acupuncturist and things of that nature, I think I will be able to get back into shape and, and, and really shed some of this weight. I also um, have been eating clean. Me and some of my friends, on our own and at our own pace, we've been doing our version of 75 hard. And essentially, that's like two workouts, one indoor, one outdoor. You eat clean, no liquor etc cetera, etc cetera. like you just you know you go fucking hard and you know one of my friends she said she's gonna do it medium well and honestly we've been doing really good like I don't have a scale and one of my besties she lives and dies by the scale she weighs herself every morning and she says the scale this the scale keeps you honest and it tells the truth and I full-heartedly believe that because there was a time honey before I moved out to LA I got in my fucking bag you hear me like I lost a little over 100 pounds to straight diet and exercise. I was training like five days a week with a trainer. I would do soul cycle. I would do hot yoga. I was in my fucking bag. And I got out here. I was still working out, training. Pandemic hit. Went through a breakup. And that shit spun me. Not like completely mentally spun me, but it was just like a lot at once. So, you know, I also didn't go out because... I had a shit ton of work. I saw what was happening, and I refused to put myself in the line of fire as far as, you know, potentially contracting COVID. So I was literally inside for, like, two years. So that didn't help either. But I say all that to say I'm on the other side. I'm back outside for me, you know, reasonably back outside. And um, actually ended up doing some travel in the third quarter of 2023. We had postponed a trip a girl's trip that was supposed to take place in 2020. We had planned for it in 2021 to Asia. So we did Bangkok, we did Phuket, and then we did Bali. And boy, am I glad I went on that trip because I almost didn't go because I just had so much work to do in my business. And if I was like, if I don't meet these, I don't even say deadlines or goals, but if I wasn't at a certain place and I was just going to forego the trip, unfortunately. And honestly, I had put in enough work, believe it or not, unbeknownst to me at myself in that moment that I was able to go on the trip. And that was fucking phenomenal and fucking fantastic. So, I mean, I didn't do much that trip. I know my homegirls was like, what do you like to do on vacation? They ran through Asia. Like they, I mean, Bangkok and stuff, like the tours, the, the swing, the the temples, all of that, honey. I just, I did one full day tour with them. That was enough for me. The rest of the time, Bangkok, and let me tell y'all something, y'all. Thailand, my God, extremely hot, extremely humid. Extremely hot, extremely humid. But interesting, interesting country. Recreational use of marijuana is completely legal there. Y'all, they have more dispensaries than LA, I promise you. And some guy I was dating tried to argue me on that. Mind you, this naysayer has never like, I don't even think he's been on the country outside of fucking Mexico. And does that really count when you live in fucking LA? Not really. So I was like telling him, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, like they got mad dispensaries more than California. And he was like, no, they don't. No, they don't. And I'm like, sir, 
You haven't been anywhere. How are you going to tell me? And first of all, for those of you who don't know, even though recreational use is legal in the state of California, it goes county by county. So the county right above Los Angeles County, which is Kern County, there is no recreational use allowed. So you can't, there's like no dispensaries out there outside of probably medical use, which you would need a medical card for, which there's probably like four dispensaries in the whole Kern County. It's a pretty large county. So I say all that to say, Recreational use, there's no shortage of dispensaries out there. I did enjoy Bangkok, although, I mean, Bangkok is a city city, y'all. So if you're not, like, into cities, I would say don't go to Bangkok. I would go back to Bangkok just to kick it, like, for a couple days. Um, but I... I don't necessarily know that I need to go back to Thailand unless it's for business purposes. Now, the spa situation, unmatched. And, and Bali has great spots, too. So let me not just throw that all on Thailand, but I'll tell you about Bali first. I mean, Thailand first. Thailand and Phuket, like, fantastic spas. Like, you can get, like, a six-hour spa treatment for, like, 200 U.S. dollars. Like, it's treatments on treatments on treatments. The flower bath, the whole nine, like... Fantastic. All the Thai foods you can eat, you you know. And I'm not talking about the spa, because the spa, like, it's pretty healthy in the spa. Like, they'll give you teas and just beautiful fruit fruit platters and stuff like that. So that that was really nice. Um, food in Thailand was excellent. I mean, honestly, I, I just, I pad tied myself to death. Not to death, but, you know, I I, I, I ate my, my weight in pad thai, because I love pad thai you know, from Thai restaurants out here. So, I mean, that was, like, my number one go-to. I did try a few other things, of course, like Chumon and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it was perfect. And then the hotel that we stayed in in Bangkok, it was a very nice hotel. Um, they had a beautiful breakfast buffet. And, guys, I hate buffets, but I love a, breakf a good breakfast buffet in a hotel. Honey, there is nothing better. I will be, I'm already an early riser, but I do like to sleep in a little on vacation. But honey, I will be up and at attention every single time for a breakfast buffet at a quality hotel. The food was amazing. Again, tens across the board. So we're in Bangkok for a few days to do the day tour. Oh, another interesting thing about Bangkok, y'all. The hotel we stayed in had like a rooftop pool. So we would kick it at the rooftop pool. Yada, yada, yada. You know, you could smoke your weed up there. I mean, I, like, I was literally by the pool, relaxing. I didn't swim, interestingly enough. And I'm a swimmer. But I, did, I, don't, I didn't swim on this trip, which is odd for me. But I was exhausted, y'all. I, I, I was, like, totally exhausted. No lie, I did swim. I did swim when we got to Phuket. But I'll get to that in a second. So I get... We're at the hotel rooftop pool chilling and I'm like you know the, the weed look for people who are weed smokers even non-weed smokers smell it but like weed smokers we smell it we're like not offended so I'm like hold up and I'm looking at the staff the staff is just business as usual I said okay so I mean if y'all in Bangkok at the rooftop hotel of course outdoors you can smoke your pre-rolls or roll yourself something up and smoke uh so you know, that's just a heads up, but FYI, I think, you know, Bangkok, I like, again, it's a major city like New York, like Tokyo, like Los Angeles. So, you know, it's moving and shaking its business, you know, it's brothels, it's hoes, it's good restaurants, um, you know, the whole nine. So 
if you have the opportunity to go just so you can go, I mean, you know, if, just to see the world, I would, I would definitely recommend Bangkok being a stop because it is a major city in the world. So go, but just remember, it's going to be hot and humid as hell. So be prepared. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to cool yourself off. <laughs> you just got to bear it and adjust. So um, we go from, we fly from Bangkok to Phuket, and then we get to Phuket, and my friend's sister was so angry because the hotel was, like, not up to her standards. And so me and my homegirl, we room, we're, we're, like, forever roommates on trips when we go with this girls group. So we were just like, fuck it, we're going to take, and mind you, check-in took, like, a million hours. So I was already, like, over it, right? Because we had to fly to Phuket, like, that's, got to get on the plane. It's like, you know, planes make you tired, like, that whole shit. So we get there. It literally, we didn't get checked in for like three hours. And this resort is like in the mountainous area. So it's like the resort, it's like, it just, it goes up. And mind you, I have the back injury y'all. So it's just like, you got to like walk up and like all these stairs. It's not level. I'm like, oh my God, this is, I can't deal. So we, the first room we get is like close to reception but the pool and the bars are, like, you got to travel up to get to those. Like, you got to walk pretty far. So I was like, fuck it. I, I won't. I'm not going to go. I won't get in. And we're only in Phuket for a couple of days anyway. So no, no biggie for me. So we get in the room. I'm chilling. My homegirl, she's like, I got to get a drink. I'm like, all right, girl, I ain't, I ain't going nowhere. I'm, I'm staying in this room until tomorrow. She comes back pretty quickly apparently it's like a whole bunch of bees at the bar because of the sugar i'm pretty sure that they're using for the the cocktails and this that and the third like the bathroom is like weird ass setup and it has like a depression in the floor between the tub and the tub like it's just it's dangerous as hell in there, <laughs> right so my friend's sister my bestie sister one of my bestie sisters she um because i have two besties that are on this trip she was like, oh, hell no. She, her and her sister, so my, my bestie and her sister, these bitches cause a scene at reception, unbeknownst to me. All I know is we get a WhatsApp, pack your shit, we got better rooms. We got suites for everybody, pack your shit, we're going. We were like, nah, we cool, like whatever, we're settling in. So, like, we had already ordered room service, all that. Because it was just a long-ass day, right? Like, by the time we're getting settled, finally, it's like fucking dusk. Like, and we probably arrived there at, like, 2 o'clock. So we get to pack our shit. They bring, like, the golf cart up to take us up to the suite. It's, like, this two-level suite. Now, mind you, the hotel's still a piece of shit. But, like, at least it's, like, a two-level, like, a two-floor, two-room suite, two rooms, two full baths, um, a living area, like, a chill area. Like, honestly... If you're going to go to Phuket, do your research on the on the accommodations because what I also feel like is what is acceptable and cool for people in other countries. Like, a lot of Australians travel in that part of the world because it's close to them. And I'll get into that when I get into the Bali part. But, like, what's cool and acceptable to certain cultures is not cool and acceptable for other cultures. Like, the standard of accommodation. So... Not saying that other Americans wouldn't stay there, but, like, us as black and West Indian Americans, we wasn't feeling it. But, again, me and my homegirl, 
who I room with, who's one of my besties, we was just going to take that shit on the chin. Like, fuck it. We're here. Whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're just grateful to be on the trip. Whatever, whatever. Like, because we had just came from, like, beautiful accommodations. So, so we cool. Like, we Gucci. But thankful to my homegirls. So then we decide we're going to do a private charter for a boat. We went to the Fifi. No, we didn't do Fifi Islands. We did James Bond. Now, in reverse, I probably would have chose Fifi because that's the blue water. But I let my other bestie pick because I didn't really give a fuck. But I coordinated the the yacht for the day. So we did this beautiful, huge double-decker private charter for a catamaran yacht. And, I mean, the service was just amazing. Like, I, I, I mean, just, I mean, we had more staff than we had passengers on the boat, which is just our group. I think we had a group of nine, but the, there was way more staff. There was a DJ. The DJ was on point. Like, yo, like, it was... It was just, like, the best experience. It was the whole day. And so that's when I swam, essentially, um, is when we were on the yacht and we did a swim stop. You can jump off the boat and whatnot. So I did that. And that was great. Beautiful food. Um, I just, you know, you just don't want the day to end. And I love boating. Boating is one of my favorite ways to travel. I'm not huge on cruises, but I've done some private yacht charters as far as, like, through Europe. And I really like that. Like, boat. There's there's nothing better than boating if you... Get the opportunity to travel by boat, like on a yacht or a yacht service where you're doing like a shared yacht with people. Please hop on that opportunity because it's just it's just amazing. And the thing when you're doing it with like smaller, like within Europe, it's not like when you do it with like Royal Caribbean or something, and you can only stay in port like for one day because the destinations are so short. You're only traveling like two or three hours to the next port. You stay in port all night so you can party. Da, da, da. Sometimes you stay in port a couple days. So just a lot more different. It's a, a lot different experience. It's a, it's a, better, diff, a better experience than to me when you're on those larger cruise ships and you're only in port for like eight hours because the next destination is so far. So that was our Phuket experience. And I swear, like the next day, like we were outie, literally, and we were flying over to Bali. And I believe when we flew to Bali, we had a layover in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, which, you know, no time to get out the airport. So we just posted up in Malaysia. And I would like to go to Malaysia to do some exploring, get to Bali. Now, Bali, beautiful. There's a breeze. There's like a beautiful trade breeze. The people are so much kinder. That, that was nothing. The people in Phuket were lovely, but a little stush. Bangkok, definitely stush. Um, but... Um, Balinese, Indonesians, very kind, very sweet, very accommodating, and very small people in stature. Because you know those um, those trolleys you use at the airport to push your luggage? I remember I was using that, and I was like, why is my back killing me? And it wasn't until I got back to the States and used one that I realized <laughs> that they're, 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 they're shorter for the, to accommodate for their height versus the ones we have here in the States, which probably have about maybe maybe about at least between, maybe about six more inches on them, which, believe me, that makes a world of difference. So, um, get to Bali, we stay in a great hotel, beautiful accommodations, beautiful food at the breakfast buffet. Oh, yeah, by the way, I never did breakfast in Phuket, because, yeah, it was just awful. Anyway, um, uh, and I just chilled. They did, like, a whole day of exploring and they went to the Bali swing and they went up to Ubud. We stayed in Sem- Semenyak. Um, 
you know, I I did work, I relaxed, <laughs> I ate. Oh, the food at the hotel was so good. I didn't do any clubbing or any partying because, again, I was just extremely tired. And I was eat, eating. So I would just eat, sleep, relax, got tons of massages. Listen, ladies, gentlemen, and those in between, please go to Bali. You will not regret it. It is worth it. And you are also very close. You can spit on Australia. So if you have an interest to go to Australia, if you're all the way on that side of the world, take another week or so, hit Australia, and then come back to the States. You won't, you won't regret it. Now, I didn't go to Australia, but that is my advice because it's so close. And Australia is just so far. So, yeah, I mean, that was August. And then after August, you know, back, back stateside. And I, this is the longest it's probably took me to get reacclimated from jet lag. And I know I'm older now. So, you know, got reacclimated, got back, you know, into the zone, into the business and all that. And, you know, just rolled into the, the holiday season. My friend and I, um, we went up to a place called Paso Robles, which is like one of my favorite places now in California. It's a wine region. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you find yourself in California for an extended period of time, or if you live in California and you've never been to Paso Robles, which people haven't been, which is beyond me, please take the time, especially if you can work remotely, take the time, go to Paso. There's so many tasting rooms, lovely people, beautiful restaurants. Uh, of course, it's hot in the summer because it's the desert. First time we went, um, me, and my, one of my, me and one of my besties, we went in August. This last time we went in December. Perfect. Off-peak. Very chill. So, um, beautiful massages. Not far from Monterey. And that's how we actually found Paso because we were trying to go to Monterey. And we were like, all right, cool. Just, like, go to, we'll say, there was, like, it was, like, all booked up, of course, because we were doing it last minute. So, it was like, all right, fine, whatever. Fuck it. We'll stay in this place called Paso Robles, and we'll just, like, hitch over to Monterey. Honey... I, I mean, I will go back to Monterey. Monterey is beautiful. But once we realized what the hell was going on in Paso, we were like, oh, a winery? Oh, there was nothing. And it just all exploded like a trick bag. Just all these beautiful wineries. So um, we agreed that'll be our annual thing. We'll always go back to Paso. Um, yeah, so please take the time. And again, someone else I was seeing out here, I asked them if they've been to Paso. And they were like, no, I've heard of it, but I've never been. And I'm just like, you know... For people who live in California, I understand, especially since I've been here now several years, I understand how it's hard to leave and go other places, but I also don't understand how it's like you stay here and you also don't go places. Like, I go to the fucking Bay more than people who live in L.A. go to the Bay. Like, they don't be going up to, to Oakland or to San Francisco. Now, albeit it's a shit show up there right now, but, like, I've been more times than people who are native to this county, which is beyond, because they love it up there. And I'm just like, why don't you go more? And I just, I don't be knowing what's on their noggin, so... Listen, I moved out here from the East Coast. I lived in New York for many, 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 many years. I'm originally from New Jersey. I was born, I'm a Jersey girl. I'm a small town girl. As I always like to say, New Jersey raised me. New York turned me into a woman. And I'm grateful for all of the places that I have had the opportunity to live, which is New York, New Jersey, and now the state of California. So, you know, I definitely take advantage of living here, meaning that I... Drive. I can drive to Arizona, which I was just recently in Arizona for almost 10 days, right? Just out there. I went for a trade show, but I was out there and I worked and like just, you know, 
taken some time in the desert and I've driven to Nevada. I would like to get up to the Pacific Northwest at some point. Um, it's not super high on my list, but there is a friend I do want to see up there. Um, and so I'll get there and, you know, eventually I'll get out to, uh, oh, what is the state next to Nevada? It's escaping me. Salt Lake City, Utah. I'll do Mount, Mount Zion. I'll do Salt Lake at some point. And I do want to go, I've been to Colorado a couple of times, but I need to go back to Colorado. I'd like to go out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Hopefully I can get there this summer. I'd like to do Colorado and, um. Jackson in Wyoming. But yeah, like, you know, I'm here in the wild, wild west. Now, I would love to do Montana, but I don't know if, how safe that is for me as a single black woman. So that might have to hold off. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I say all that to say I just want to take in being on the west and see all the sights and, you know, just truly live this west coast life and enjoy you know, parts of our beautiful country, regardless of who, regardless of how people who, where I'm at move. I am an explorer by nature. So I know I'm not a camper. I need, I need accommodations. I need comfort creature, uh, consumer comfort. So for instance, I was just in, hold on one second, y'all. So yeah, um, that pretty much is that on my stance of being a California girl and being back outside, particularly since the pandemic. And I have a lot of plans for this year. I don't know if I'll get to them all, but I am planning the fun now. And that's one of the things I do want to kind of instill. And I think something that got away from me over the pandemic and not just the pandemic I you know I was in a new role um one of the roles this is the most the role that I was in was you know a role that required uh, the most responsibility that I've ever had at a high level for real for real not like this responsibility is on me and I don't have the title no it's a responsibility and the title and so I was like hyper career focused now I was still you know pre-pandy so you know going up to the bay and doing little things here and there and when I even made it out to Hawaii um, before the pandemic, when I moved out here. But, you know, I was definitely hyper-focused on my career, which was very important to me and will always be very important to me. And which is one of the main reasons that I came out to California was for career advancement. But I had also realized that I had, I told you guys, a social, a personal and professional ceiling back in New York. And I saw that there was opportunity out here in California, particularly in the Los Angeles area, and I was not wrong. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Um, you know, the weather and, you know, <laughs> recreational use of marijuana didn't hurt either, but, and cheaper rent, <laughs> you know, all those things were a bonus. It's just, you know, I just had the courage at the time to be like, you know what, I'm making a change in my life. And, you know, a lot of things happened to me in New York, a lot of things. Not, and I'm not saying bad things, but just life events, you know. And I lived my whole life on the East Coast, so it was time for me to, you know. Sorry, y'all. It was, it was time for me to, sorry, y'all, my chair is so squeaky. I know. It was time for me to take the leap, and I'm so glad I did. I love it out here. Um, there's places about everywhere that'll get on your nerves a little bit, 
but I don't have any intentions on moving back to the East Coast, not full-time, not full-time, so there's that, but let's get into some other things, let's get into some other things, but that was number one, where the fuck have I been, that is where I have been, y'all, and I'm here and I'm back, okay, Israel and Gaza, all I'm going to say on this topic is I'm praying for peace, and that's what everybody else needs to do. They have been fighting since Moses wore short pants and probably before then, and I'm not saying violence or war is right, but they don't have the answers on how to resolve it, and neither do we. And so I just, my stance is I'm praying for peace. I, zero tolerance policy for any you know, wild comments and shit, and, and, and that's going to be it, you know? I'm, I'm not a fan of these young kids and these people who think they know what the fuck they're talking about, saying that they're not going to be supporting Joe Biden in the next election if he doesn't call for a ceasefire, because calling for a ceasefire in another country that doesn't directly relate to our country is wild. And you clearly don't know the value or how allies work because I just read today that King Jong-un um, is sending support to Gaza, I believe. I was like, oh my God. So um, I say all that to say, I'll need y'all to wake the fuck up and grow the fuck up. Focus on what's going on here. Yes, you need to keep your ear to the street. Yes, you need to be aware of what's going on in the world. But also understand that asking for things to happen in other places that aren't happening here is irrational, immature, and dumb. So cut the shit, please. Which leads me into my next topic, election year and POCs. Listen, y'all, it's an election year. The last election, uh, presidential election year was quite exhausting with the tax, the calls, and the... Uh, marketing. And my God, what a marketing budget. <laughs> um, but I just, let's be clear, everybody needs to vote, specifically people who vote democratically, and you need to vote for Joe Biden, and you need to vote properly and importantly down ticket. I tell everybody, especially people who live in California who don't want to vote, I, you know, I remind them it is a privilege not only to vote, but to vote in the state of California, because we as the West goes, the rest of the the rest of the country goes, and some of the world. As you can see, uh, was it the Vatican? No, 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 no. It was somewhere else. Shit. I'm, I cannot remember. It's another country, but they're also allowing same-sex marriages and then something else. And I was like, woo, that country, wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you got to, like, understand not only your right to vote as an American, but specifically if you're in the state of California, like, it is a privilege. We have, like, last time I voted, I think there were, like, 79 things on the ballot, but, like, we have a heavy burden as to dictate what a lot of things that'll happen in this country and then other things that'll take place and permeate around the world. So you better get fucking clear on why your feelings are hurt because certain things aren't uh, tuned and adjusted to your personal needs. You vote to your best interest. You vote democratic, especially if you're not a fucking idiot. And we get the job done. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have done an excellent job, and they have a lengthy, a lengthy career, not only in public service, um, but in law. Kamala Harris has not only been a 
you know, a, a, a DA, but an AG for the state of California, that the largest state in the country, uh, supervising the largest amount of AG. So not only that, and she went into a senatorship and went on the Judiciary Committee. So like, you know, all, all that other bullshit, all that other thing, all that other shit is bullshit. All that other, all those fundamentalist Christians who are homeschooled who ain't don't know shit about the world fucking pouring in millions of dollars into marketing crap and propaganda. And I need y'all to get your head straight, especially POCs. I'm not talking to black people. I'm talking to POCs. Y'all better fucking check yourselves. Seriously. And I'm going to go in on y'all in another episode, but fucking check yourselves, vote Democratic, and don't forget who the fuck you are or where you came from, because it's not America. So you better get right on that voting. All right, y'all. That's that's it. I don't go too deep into the politics. I just need y'all to vote real correctly. And, oh, and most importantly, which I actually need to do now that I am back in town, is make your voting plan. Honestly, if I could push any type of legislation, word it, word it, words bond. Not to say that people will use the time productively, but I would vote. I would try to make it like a two-day thing. So. You have a day to make your voting plan because it takes time to go through that booklet. Make your voting plan and then, of course, the day off to vote. Um, Now, the day off to vote is definitely needed in states like New York, New Jersey, where they're voting in schools and places in Georgia. But out here in California, you can literally vote anywhere, which is a new thing to me. Like, Like, you don't... You don't have to go specifically to, like, your polling station like we did back when I lived in New York and New Jersey. Like, well, specifically New York because I was an adult in New York. But, you know, I have never been to the same polling place twice since I've lived here, which I find very fascinating. And I like that that red tape is removed so, hey, I can go vote by work or, you know what I'm saying, or vote after work, and that's convenient versus having to do it by your house and maybe your hours don't align with you know, the times for voting or early voting, which is really criminal. So that is one thing I would, you know, if I could make a law, like I said, again, you can't enforce people using the time productively, but for the people who will, hey, this is your day to make your voting plan. And then this is the day to go to vote. So I say, let's say I am making my voting plan and I will be voting. I always vote. Remember, uh, we had a runoff election a couple of years ago in California because they were trying to unseat Gavin Newsom on some bullshit. And the only thing that saved, you know, that determines that is voting. And that's why I don't understand why people think that, you know, voting is so unimportant. Like, we don't have an oligarch over here. And you should be grateful for that. So it is your duty to, to participate in our system. I don't know if it's a democratic system. Oh, yeah, it is. In our democracy. In our democracy. So do your job. Make your voting plan. Go vote. And then you can talk all the shit you want because if you're not voting, you really can't talk no shit. That's how I roll. I don't want to hear it. So next up, state of the economy. Japan and the UK have gone into a recession. <sighs> Americans keep overspending. Um, you know, shrinkflation is happening. Listen, the plastic forks that I get at Target used to be so high quality. And now they I know they switch manufacturers. I can tell, but the quality is trash. So I'm not happy about that. But I tell that to say, you know, guys, you don't have to overdo shit because you see other people doing the most on Instagram and Twitter. Like, what you see happening right now is really your signal to get low. Like, stack your paper, do these little savings challenges that you find on Etsy, like, 
you know, right now I'm doing 100 days to 10K. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, stack your paper, cook your meals in as much as possible. Try not to, you know, ball out. And I'm not saying you can't ball out if you don't have bread. But what I am saying is I think just to be smart about things and to be strategic, it's best to just be low. Make simple things. Like, I love to cook. That's strong. Like, I like to cook. I can cook well. I don't necessarily, at this point in my life, have time to make elaborate shit. And on top of that, I'm trying to, like, shed weight. So the meals I make now, I try to make them, like, I try to make sure that they're as simplistic as possible. They don't require a lot of ingredients, and they're still nutritious. And believe it or not, I'm a single woman, but that keeps my grocery bill, like, under, you know, under 180. So, um you know, for like a week and a half or two weeks. So I, I, I'm i just saying it can be done. Just be smart about it. And yes, I don't have children. If I had, ch- but I'm going to tell you right now, if I had children, like they would just have to fall in line like back in the day. Like this is where we're at right now, baby. We're not, we're not going hard balls to the walls with all the shit that you want and used to have and the, the hot pockets and the, pop no we're not doing all that like we we cutting back we're trimming the fat right now trimming the fat so in in all anyway all those things are not good for them you know you can have them every now and then but like now we're trimming the fat across the board and if you're hungry you're going to eat so so yeah I mean I, I would take that approach and just see you know it won't hurt your waistline either you know, you'll be healthier and better for it. So beat them at their own game on this one, y'all. Just stay low, spend on the things that are important, vacations, because vacations are important, time away, saving your money. Um, you know, if your lease is up or you're, you have the option to buy your car, you're about, like pay the car off, like just be smart about your shit right now. Now is not the time to be throwing, throwing the bag at anything, including luxury items, and I'm a luxury item girl, so... So yeah, guys, just 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 play it smart. Keep stack your paper. That way, when things do go in flux and the world is literally on fire, you know you're sitting on a stack. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're not gonna be like in panic mode because you've already saved, you know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty forty grand. You know what I'm saying? So just just be smart. Be smart be strategic and share the information with your family. Like, don't just be like, this is the way it is now. And some Mrs. Trench bullshit, like share that information with them. Like, this is the reason why we are now eating this way, why we are now operating this way. You know what I'm saying? So it's so that we have money when, if things go way left or if things never go way left and things just continue as they are, things get better. Hey, we still have this, this, you know, this nest egg and we can, make plans to do something with it. We can continue um, pouring into it. We can, you know, if you want to invest, like whatever you want to do with it, you know, you have a true nest egg for whatever may come down the pipeline in the next couple of years. So I would just, just be smart y'all. All right. Next up the Grammys. Now I watch the Grammys. This is the first time I watched the Grammys in many, many, many years. I enjoyed them. Um, best performances of the night to me. Now I didn't see all the performances. I came in, so I didn't see Tracy Chapman's performance, um, and I didn't watch the replay, but I'm pretty sure it was phenomenal. So from what I saw, uh, best p- performances for me, uh, Joni Mitchell, number one, 
Number two, Billy Joel. And then third... I think that's it, y'all. I think Joni Mitchell and Billy Joel were the best performers for me. Um, I'm glad Tracy Chapman um, performed and her shit is charting. I never heard the song Fast Car before, um, but I've heard other Tracy Chapman songs. And I like other ones, so I listened to you know I listened to it on Tidal. And it's so funny because I saw a tweet where someone was like, hey, guys, by the way, Fast Car is about a woman who's stuck in a poverty cycle, like in a bad relationship. And I'm like, listen, young kids, Gen Z, A, millennials, wherever the fuck. I'm a millennial, elder millennial. But not everything is about hookah and happiness. There are songs that were written before your time that deal with actual regular degular shit meaning people in poverty in relationships that date people with fast like you know what i'm saying like I, I, for them it's just like it's like a crime against humanity if someone writes about or puts a piece of art out about something that is just not all uplifting and inspiring and that's not storytelling storytelling is telling stories about experiences or scenarios or situations from all situations in life it's not just again hookah and happiness and that's one thing that in that that infuriates me about your generation and I'm pretty sure a lot of it has to do with how you were raised how you were reared and Raphael Warnock was a pastor at my aunt's church for many years in Baltimore Maryland um while he was finishing up his uh doctorate it the Oh, God. The church is called Douglas Memorial. So my family is was very close to Reverend Warnock, especially when he was pastoring that church. And after he left that church, he went down to Ebenezer in Atlanta. And as you, you know who he is now, just on the main stage shining. Um, but I remember in one of his sermons, because we always went to church, our fa- so our family essentially... We treat Mother's Day like Christmas. I know that sounds crazy, but, like, that's the holiday. Like, when my family, we'd all get together. We would do the corsages. We would go to a church, and then we'd do a brunch afterwards, and then we would go back. Um, in the later years, because we did it mostly in Baltimore, we would go back to my aunt's house, and we would exchange gifts on Mother's Day. So that was, like, our big holiday to spend with each other. So um, basically... One of his sermons, I remember one year from Mother's Day, and he was like, our children are being told a lie that life is a party, and it's not, you know, all fun and games all the time. And I remember being, I was young, I was like a teenager, and I was like, that resonated with me because I was like, that's facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though I had a great childhood, life is not a party, and hell, life for me ain't been no crystal stare either. But, you know, I say that to Gen Z to say, Everything is not about hookah and happiness. And Tracy Chapman's song, Fast Car, is, yes, probably about a woman who's in a cycle of poverty with a fucking guy with a fast car who's terrible for her. But how many people's reality is that, you know? So just take that into consideration. SZA won a couple of awards. Um, Not a huge SZA fan, excuse me. But um, one thing I would really like SZA to do is stop with the plastic surgery. Like, I... It's getting a little crazy. Um, She's not a strong performer. I saw her at Coachella because she came on before the weekend that year. And mm -mm. 
So, I mean, salute to all the SZA fans. I'm happy for her as a Jersey girl, but that's where that ends. Victoria Monet, I'm so happy that she won all of her awards. She looked amazing. Her daughter looks so cute on the red carpet. Her man, ooh, Father God. If you're listening, I mean, I need my cinnamon apple, so please send him. Um, but I'm very happy for Victoria Monet. I wasn't, like, on the Victoria Monet wave, like, earlier in 2023 but i did listen to her ep jaguar 2 and or maybe it's an album but uh you know i like her journey i like her disposition her demeanor i like her commitment to her craft and i think that we all collectively as black women are definitely super happy and super thrilled for her um you know the thing that happened with mtv with them you know basically saying she wasn't as um not the word experienced as I don't even want to use the word exposed because she had a lot of exposure, but she wasn't at the level of celebrity that they would think that would be a draw Um, egg on their face. And if she decides to do the VMAs at some point, great. If not, I understand totally because that on my mama video was excellent. And I'm, I don't even, did it win a VMA? Like it needed to, like it was, it was, it was great. So, um, Salute to everybody on Victoria Monet's team. Um, she seems like a beautiful soul and a beautiful spirit and just a stunning black woman. So that's what's up on that. Uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor, my sweet baby, as Monique would say. <laughs> Listen, Taylor Swift winning album of the year. Did it hurt me? Sure. Do I understand why she won album of the year? Yeah. The metrics make sense. Um, The Recording Academy seems to love her. She does give off entitled. But, I mean, she's not my... She's not, like, my kind of artist. Although her pen is mean, and I do love the song Back to December. Um, And Shake It Off. I might like one other song, but I'm not sure the name. But Back to December, that's my shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, she announced she has a new album coming out, so I'm sure the Swifties are excited about that, so salute to them, rock on, um, and I'm sure she will win album of the year again, so buckle up. (laughs) Uh, last but not least, on the Grammy conversation, Jay-Z, my favorite rapper, Sean Coy Carter, Young Hova, The God. That was a rough run. Um, I understood what he was saying. I think with him having his daughter come up on stage and now having more women in the house than men, meaning, you know, three daughters, two daughters, a wife, and then it's just him and his son. I mean, I'm, I'm talking not about staff, sans staff and all that shit, right? Like, now you really need to kind of stick up for the women in your life because it is good that he did say something. I'm not saying everything he said was right, but I do appreciate him sticking up for his wife and doing that with his daughter by his side. Now, do I think he ruffled feathers? Absolutely. Um, I think 
you know, they say the entertainment industry is all about relationships and playing the game. And if you don't play the game, apparently you don't win the awards. So I guess it just comes down to, are you willing to still play the game or play their game or not play the game? Because if you're not going to play the game, then don't play the game. But then don't be surprised when you don't get the awards versus playing the game and getting the awards. But I also don't know that Taylor Swift plays the game either, which may be the unsaid thing. So, hey, I just, I don't know. But um, we'll see what the future holds as far as nominations and actual wins after that speech. I think that's it for the Grammys. I mean, very well done. Uh, They sell merch. Now I was talking about getting some merch, even though I didn't go because I love merch. But, you know... Another year down and another year to go. So, Super Bowl. Did not watch all of the Super Bowl. Completely missed the halftime performance. I'm not an Usher fan like that, so it wasn't, like, a big deal to me. But I did end up watching the fourth quarter, and it went into overtime. And that was some really – that was some fun football to watch. Like, I've mostly divested from the NFL for personal reasons. Like, I'll get into that in another episode. But, um, listen, they they did the Andy Reid special on them, and – they got the uh, they they got the they got the win. So you know, good you know, congratulations to Pat Mahomes. Um, I hate that they fired the defensive coordinator for San Francisco because he's had a fantastic year, um, and he did a great job at the Super Bowl. I mean, like they kept fucking Kansas City under twenty points the whole fucking game. So if anybody needs to be fired, it was the fucking head coach. But you know they're gonna fire the black man first. But I hope that he lands on his feet. I hope that he's not too down on himself. And again, this is this is what I mean by playing the game type shit. Like, especially if you're playing the white man's game. Like, you already know what time it is. So I, I salute anybody who is in those roles doing an exceptional job because that's the only way that you can get those roles when you're black because being a coach in the NFL or in the NCAA or any of the, you know, Pac-12 and all that, being a coach and never playing is only a job reserved for white men. Shout out to Mitchell Brown. Black men who are allowed to coach can only coach if they've ever played a sport. So fuck all the, you know, fuck all that shit. You know, I just, I I hope that the future is brighter. Um, salute to the president of the Raiders, a black woman. Salute to the head coach of the Raiders, a black man. You know, hopefully, you know, more strides will be made and, and, the game, the players will reflect the coaching staff and the ownership staff. And I would like to see that as I get older and as I age. Okay. Interestingly enough, All-Star Weekend and Super Bowl Weekend are back-to-back. So I know the escorts are working overtime. I don't have too much to say about All-Star Weekend. I really don't, like, watch it like that. I do know Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith were the coaches for the celebrity games, which is, like, really hilarious. So... I kind of wish, like, I could have watched the celebrity game just to see them, like, coach. I want to say Shannon Sharp's team won. And, um, yeah, I guess that's all I kind of had to say about that. It's in Indianapolis in Indiana, um, so it's cold as hell. I know it's snowing out there. Um, and to me, that doesn't seem like a great place to host a game in an event that's around, surrounded around partying. Oh, real quick, back to the Super Bowl. I'm going to say this. The Super Bowl should always be in Las Vegas. That is the best venue city ever to host the Super Bowl. Number one, it's Vegas. Number two, they have the covered stadium. Number three, Vegas is prime. You party all night. You party all day. I, I mean, I don't. 
I don't see a better place to ever hold it outside of fucking Vegas. Like it doesn't, it doesn't to me, it does not need to float. Vegas should always host the Super Bowl. It is the best place to do it. People can be on foot. I'm pretty sure I'm not saying there's less drunk drivers, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because so many, you know, so much of it is done on foot and, you know, by taxi and Uber and all that. I think it's just, it's a smart decision. Now, I don't know the stats. Now, I did see the guys from that Pivot uh, podcast, which I'm not a fan of those guys at all. Like, got robbed <laughs> Super Bowl weekend for the equipment, but they found it. Um, but, um, yeah. And also, you know, it's a wheeling and dealing. Like, listen, it's, it's a pimp up, hose down kind of town. So keep your head on swivel. But I think I say all that to say the Super Bowl should always be in Vegas. There's no other city that should host it, or no other city, in my opinion, that truly has the capacity to host it in that way. I think it, I think it's the perfect marriage. But no one's gonna listen to me. So salute to the escorts working double overtime. Hopefully, you guys have uh, a respite this last weekend in February. <laughs> Next up, I would like to salute my queen, Beyonce. I've been in the hive for many, many years. And I'm just glad that I don't have to fight the good fight anymore. Can y'all see what's up now? Her rollout for her new songs and her new album, Act Two, which will be a country album, phenomenal. She looked so ethereally beautiful at the Super Bowl. My God, just a bad bitch. And... Um, I was out in Arizona when the songs came out and I'm just going to say to you, I needed that. Like love Texas Hold'em, such a fun song. Um, and I love 16 characters. I mean, I wept to that song, like just beautifully, uh, produced and Rafi, shout out to Raphael Sadiq on the, uh, uh, he has credits on both of those songs. So, I mean, just shout out to black people. It's been an incredible, a crazy and incredible Black History Month. And, like, just keep up with all the wonderful things that we're doing and just continue to put our feet in the footprints left for us because that's what I'm trying to do as well on my side of things. But salute to the queen. I'm looking forward to the new album. Um, I'm glad she's going back on tour because I actually, you guys, the Renaissance tour was the first tour that I never went to. And that was another thing that came up last year. Um, my friends on the East Coast, they had a skybox and all of that they did the show and I, I just couldn't fly out so you know it sucked but not not really sucks because I had shit I, I had business to do like one of my cousins said to me one time he's older he's 10 years older than me and when I was in my 20s and he was in his 30s and I was at the house kicking and I was like well something 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 like you don't go out and this I mean like you miss this event you miss that event mind you we're living in New York so I'm like you want to do this you want to do that and he was just like, you know, sometimes you go and sometimes you get the report. And that's kind of like where I'm at in life right now. And also, I've done a lot of shit. I did so much in my from my teen years through my adult life up to now. I've done a lot of things. So I guess for me, it's not as like, I don't know how I can put it. It doesn't like excite me to necessarily be at that concert, be at this event. Like, I've done a lot. And so, not to say that I, w I don't want to do more, but it's not necessarily something I need to do because it's not anything I'm missing out on because I've had the experience at the time in my life when I was youthful, young enough, and, you know, it was me and my discretionary income, which it still is now, but, you know, in your 20s. And, and, and another thing that me and my friends also discussed, you know, at that time when we were doing the most and doing, you know, 
partying until 4 a.m., 5 a.m. on a Tuesday night and then sleeping for a couple hours and going right back to work. You know, we had less responsibility at work. When you get older, hopefully, if your career is going in the direction that you want it to go in, you have more responsibility and you can't just be shit-faced and you can't just be out of it. You have to be on the ball. So with that natural progression, that comes with that, right? So no... I'm not out like y'all I've been to like one party in LA and it's a party that is for people of all ages that's all else I'll leave it there because I ain't about to be letting y'all know what I be doing but I just like I don't go and I'm it's not age appropriate for me anymore like I'm I'm in my late 30s you know my younger cousins hell they're probably about to be 30 now like you know it's their time it's not my time and trust me I I have my time greenhouse Club bed, Lotus, Eugene's. Oh God! Oh God! Someone put a list out of New York clubs um, that don't exist anymore, and I was like, my God! There was one in um, Brooklyn, start with the B. It was like Ben Ben Bay, something like that. And I was like, yes, that club to Greenhouse. Of course, we all partied at Forty Forty, um, Two Thirty Fifth, which is around the corner from Forty Forty. Um, shit. I mean, younger, younger days, Speed, Skate Key, Palladium, Exit, which is now Terminal 5. Um, oh, God, I'm trying to think of some more clubs. Tau, 10 June, that was one of the clubs. 10 June, um, Avenue, and this is before all that One Oak shit. Avenue, Marquee. <laughs> Definitely Webster Hall. Um, I'll think of some more. And the restaurants, too. Barty Nine, Coffee House, um, Shark Club. That's, that's old. Um, one Fish, Two Fish. Shout out. Let me know how old you are if you remember that one. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to get too into it. But I say all that to say, y'all, I've been around the block a couple times. Thank God, always been safe, always been cool, always made it home, never had any serious catastrophes with my friends, No, nobody got their ass whipped, no one was assaulted sexually, like, I'm very grateful, that's something, I'm very grateful for my time, and, the, and a time was fucking had, so, now I go up to Paso Robles and sip wine, <laughs> go to bed by 10.30, so, yeah, um, so yeah, salute to Beyonce, if I'm able to get to this tour, I will definitely, you know, Check her out for sure if, if, if the dates align, if the time aligns. And that'll be that. But I'm looking forward to it. I love that she's taking back all the genres. I love how she's, she's always done things her way. She's a fellow Earth sign. She's a Virgo. I'm a Taurus. So salute. Like, you know, we like our shit tight. We like it done right. And we don't settle for anything else but that. So salute to the motherfucking queen, Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. Um, Monique on Club Shay Shay. Now, I'm going to let y'all know right now. I watched this interview, and I was in stitches. I could not stop fucking laughing. I literally, I needed, like, one of those oxygen aerosols that they give people, like, an Aspen. Like, I was losing my breath so bad. That shit was so fucking funny. I, I every time... Monique would say something, and then Shannon would be like, come on, Mo. Oh, Mo. Now you know you can't record nobody. Now, Mo, what would it take 
for you to forgive Tyler Perry and Oprah today. Like, y'all, I was just like, this, this nigga is cracking me the fuck up. But what I'm, this is what I'm going to say about Monique. I don't disagree with the fact that she was blackballed. I don't disagree with the fact that people played her. But I also feel like, and I could be wrong, but I also feel like because she's a Sagittarius, she had a hand in this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Kevin Hart, she said Kevin Hart fucking wrote her a check. and It sounds like it was for some M's or a lot of hundreds of thousands. And then she paid him back with interest. And then he was like, hey, you know lest we could work together or do something, whatever, whatever, right away. Now, this is where he fucked up at, in my opinion. Don't say that shit. Don't say anything. Just say thank you. Thank you, Mo. Looking forward to seeing you back on your feet, back on the, you know, whatever. End it there. You don't have to open up the door to do something with someone if you don't really want to do that. And I don't know if that's like the Hollywood thing that they talk about where people say they're going to do things and they don't do them or people are fake or phony. But if that's the case, you're putting yourself in that position. Now, do I like that she spoke bad on her name, on his name? And I'm no Kevin Hart fan, but like, do I like that she spoke bad on his name? Nah, I don't like that shit. But also, she said when they hung up the phone with Kevin Hart, they immediately called this, I guess, production company and were like, it was like, Kevin Hart wants to work with me. Why would you do that if you don't have no contracts, if you haven't had necessarily a meeting of the minds? And if you know how Hollywood works, you should know that him just saying that off the cuff don't mean shit until he calls you in for a meeting. So to me, that was short-sighted and it was very Sagittarian. And that's what Sagittarius do. They fucking shoot themselves in the foot. They run like a million miles uh, an hour just because someone says, you're awesome, you're great, you're cool, you're awesome, you're great, you're cool. And they just like eat that shit up. Now, I do like the fact that Sydney has her back. Um, I like Monique scripted. I don't necessarily like her um, her stand up, but I see where she can rub people in Hollywood who are playing the game the wrong way because. She's not going to play the game. And I feel like if she knows she's not going to play the game, then she doesn't need to play like she's going to play the game and either figure out how to do your shit independently, which I'm pretty sure is like damn near impossible, but like figure out how to do your shit independently so you ain't got to answer to nobody. Like do your YouTube shit. Like, I don't know, like figure it out. But it seems like for the, the industry that you want to work in, which is entertainment, similar to J and B, like you got to play the game. And that kind of sucks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Especially for someone who's not interested in that. I think I remember hearing in an interview a very long time ago, 50 Cent was talking about Lloyd Banks and he was like, Lloyd didn't want to necessarily play the game. And he was like, you have to like do a little bit of that to get ahead. And Lloyd was just like, I'm not, I don't, that's not, that's not aligned with my personality. And I think that's where, I guess for better or worse, they went their separate ways because 50 is going to play the game and do what needs to to do to advance in that arena. Whereas Lloyd Banks was like, I'm, I'm more of an integrity person. And if that means I don't advance to this next place, then that's fine with me because my integrity is intact. So, you know, it's not for everybody. Listen, I'm a person who's not necessarily willing to play the game. All Like, uh, 
I understand why it has to be done, but there's 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 a stopping point for me, and it's not long. Like it's it's like a very short stopping point for me, and I think it's integrity, it's respect, it's of course being um, ethical, moral, and once you ask me to not be ethical and not be moral, that that's a hard line for me. Now you're in the red, and I gotta I gotta I gotta about face. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna put my license on the line. Like I'm not doing none of that shit. Like at all. So, um, yeah, that's, 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 I think where Monique hits brick walls because she's not willing to play the game. Sagittarius like to have tantrums. She has a tantrum and unfortunately the people she's having tantrums with are pretty, pretty weighty in Hollywood, and that's Oprah and Tyler Perry, regardless of what people think their status is or how they view them, you know, as far as their impact on the community, they got some say-so. So it would behoove her not to ruffle their feathers. She did, and, you know, she wants an apology. She wants a public apology, and that's, like, another thing Sagittarius would like to do. They like to snitch on people. Like, they like to tell people what other people have done to them and then they want to make it public. And I think that's probably where she fucked up is asking them to make it public because I'm pretty sure she, I'm not saying she's not easy to work with, but I think that I dated a Sagittarius once. They have like, they're needy. They have specific needs. Like they don't be right all the time and they want to throw attention. And let me tell you something, that shit gets old early no one wants to deal with a fucking toddler so an adult behaving like a toddler so I'm sure you know that wasn't tolerated for long uh side note I didn't listen to all of Taraji's uh press when she was interviewing for the color purple but I had no idea like that their trailers were infested and they didn't have drivers and all that that just just awful 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 but uh, it looks like Monique is on tour with Cat Williams now. Her and her son are beefing via, like, Instagram and TikTok. It's no shocker to me that she has a son that she's estranged from. Again, Sagittarius. They're not, they're not people who take accountability. They're not people who take criticism well. And when Ian, on the, um, on the interview, she said this is her third marriage. The first one she married for money, and meaning because she ain't had none. The second one, I think, was because she got pregnant or vice versa for a second. And then the third one was, like, finally, like, her love marriage. I'm like, so... And then apparently she was acting her daddy, Sydney, said she was acting like a child. So she's been immature. And she's still immature. And I still don't understand why that is not clear to her, that you're still exhibiting a level of immaturity, and it reeks. And you need to clean that up. And it has nothing to do with daddy teaching you how, because... He's having you be mature for a certain role, but you need to be mature for your professional role. So, Monique, I love you. I love you. My family's from Baltimore, like I just said. My aunt, my aunt the church at Douglas Memorial with Reverend Warnock. I'm sorry, I just hit my, um, you know, the thing that you put in front of the mic. I can't, I don't remember what this is called, so I'm sorry. All of that, but listen, tighten up, baby. And it might be too late for you. Like, it, it literally might, might be too late. But also, let me say this. What I love about, about Club Shay Shay, because I've been watching the interviews for a while, like, 
if I, you know, if I don't, I'm not on a call or if I don't, you know, I'm not in a meeting, I just like to knock some work out. Sometimes I'll put on the Club Shay Shay interview because I do like to get to that. Like, I like that he had Steve. I love that he had Seti. I love that he had Bruce Bruce. I love that he had Tabitha Brown and um, some other people. I've really enjoyed his interviews. And what I like about it is that it's very neutral, right? Like, he's not in Hollywood. He doesn't work for Disney. I don't believe anymore. I don't think he's, like, with ESPN. Um... He doesn't owe anybody anything. So I feel like it is definitely a place where people now, specifically since Cat Williams, can come and air their shit out. You know what I'm saying? And their grievances out. And I think it's just, it's really cool. And one of the things I loved about Shannon's um, interview style, initially, to me, it's barbershop talk. And I love barbershop talk. I've always loved since I was a young girl, being in the salons and being in adult business and listening to people's opinions. And they, some of them are crazy. Some of them be like, you know what, you're right. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I just love that, um, that rapport that black people naturally have with one another. There's an understanding. There's, you know, we have a vernacular. We have you know, our nuances and our, and our, our ethos, right? So it's just a natural setting and a natural place to have those conversations. Interestingly enough, the way Shannon was like getting along with gangbusters with, um, Monique, I mean, I, I don't, I, it seems that he doesn't date black women now that he's, you know, a big deal, but he honestly needs like a good old down home black woman where he could do all that jaw jacking with because he seemed to really enjoy himself I don't know what the white women do for him outside of allowing him to to, do anal but I really think he would benefit from just having a solid black woman I, I like he like if you watch the interview like he was fucking enjoying himself like the way he talked like I I I just the only thing I would think is just like you know black women we and this is not a knock. This is a praise, actually. We have huge egos, right? Our egos are even bigger than men. And I know men think they have the biggest ego. Now, black women got the biggest ego, baby. Beyonce wrote the song, Ego. And you want our ego to, you want to eclipse our ego, and that's not going to work. And so I can see that's where, like, where I can see black men and black women, especially, like, a black man who has an inflated sense of self with butt heads and rub, but... You know, everybody can mature and humble themselves. I think you can get exactly what you need from someone within your ethnic group. So, you know, salute to to Club Shay Shay. Uh, People feel the way how they feel about him. I enjoy him. I love his interviews. I don't watch them all. And and remember, he really started out with former athletes. And now he's getting these, like, A-list and and B-list people that we're... We know, and I love that. So um, keep keep up the great work, um, Shannon Sharp. I'm very happy for you. Um, God has blessed you immensely. Please date a black woman. <laughs> you know you want to. Um, quick congratulations out to Kai Sanat. Now listen, I know I I don't do Twitch. He like I only like I'm familiar with him through Twitter and you know when he would have celebrities and stuff come on, but I know he is from the Bronx. He's Haitian, so he's a though. And what I will say is I am familiar with a Kai Sanat personality type because I lived in New York from high school on. So 
you know, I am, I have experienced an iteration of Akai Sanat. So I'm absolutely thrilled and happy that he is again won Streamer of the Year award, rightfully so, to a person of a, a, a person of black ethnicity from a West Indian family. He's doing his thing. Keep doing your thing, Kai. You're funny. You're endearing. I love when you and I'm not a super fan of Nikki, but I love when him and Nikki are interacting. <laughs> she tells him he's annoying, and like he's 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 just a ball of fun. So keep doing your thug thing, and um, all of that shit you pulled at Union Square was was crazy. Um, last year when you had a right pull up from PS4s or fives or whatever, but that that was wild. But I'm proud of you. Keep keep doing your thing. Keep your brand clean. Keep it smart. Don't get don't get too loose in your skis. Stay the course. Um, whatever the course is, because this is a very still a very new thing. But I'm um, I'm proud of you. All right, next, Michael Jordan's son. I believe he's Michael Jordan Jr. Oh no, Marcus Jordan. And Larsa Pippen break off their relationship. I thought they were engaged, but whatever. So Larsa Pippen, formerly married Scotty Pippen, 49, and the son of Michael Jordan, 33, have split after more than a year of dating. Now, they broke up, and this bitch gonna put on her fucking Instagram. Should your friends unfollow your ex? Ma'am, you are 50 years old. You need to cut the shit. You are playing games. First of all, you had no business being with this young man based on the family history, based on the relationship Scotty had with Michael. And I know you're divorced from Scotty, but that doesn't mean that you don't give credence to what was going on. But at the end of the day, you don't really like black people. You just fuck black dick. And you come up on niggas who are willing to platform you. And those and these two dummies were willing to do it. Because Scotty's from, like, Arkansas. She's Syrian and Lebanese. I'm almost positive Scotty didn't even fucking know where Syria was. Trust me. So, I just... So that... And, and that, that right there, that, that's what really annoys me, is that... You date these women, and these women date you, and y'all know nothing about each other. Your cultures don't mesh, and it's just like it, it's it's just for moving from pure id ego and giving into your lower nature. And where does that get you? Divorce, broken up, you know, not liking each other. I'm sure she she took them for a nice chunk of change because they've been married for a while. And not to mention they have children, they have children and big children. This is messy and it's nasty. And and remember, she was following behind the Kardashians, and I think, I think she might have messed with Tristan. Now, don't quote me there. There's some rumors flying around, but she definitely was a hanger-on of them and was in their inner circle and a friend of theirs, and all of a sudden, one season, she wasn't. So, you know, I guess that avenue didn't work out for her, so she found this fool. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if my daddy was Michael Jordan... There was nothing I'd be focused on except for the Jordan brand. I know they have a Jordan. I think she works with the Jordan brand. Sir, what are you doing? There is no, you should be marrying the likes of, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, Martin Lawrence's daughter, who just got engaged to, I believe, Eddie Murphy's son. So congratulations to them. Like, what are you doing dating someone who is, who brings nothing to your family's portfolio? Now, granted, your father did marry a mixie, 
but he made the portfolio. What I'm saying is you're bringing in someone who's not adding to the portfolio, and that's dumb. And we was all, everybody, everybody, including his father, hated this relationship because it was just, it, it, was, it was just, it was, it was embarrassing. I'm pretty sure it was toxic, and it, it just reeked. And, and everybody looks bad. Everybody looks foolish. So um, I hope they got what they needed out of this, uh, out of this situation. Honestly, he could have just did, uh, you didn't have to do a YouTube page. He could just literally done Instagram reels. And usually parents are pretty open to doing things their children want them to do unless, you know, they can't do it. But I, I, I assure you, instead of him trying to do this reality TV bullshit, he literally could have just picked up every fucking Jordan made and done like a 30 second talk with his dad about them. And this, this guy's page would have been fucking through the roof. I don't understand what his fucking problem is. And I know Juanita is praising God right now. So salute to you, Juanita. You've been through enough, sis. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Gen Xers waged war on millennials on Twitter. I want to say a week before last. So I tried to record this, you guys, last week, the week of Valentine's Day when I was out in Arizona. But I have bought this, like, little mic thing that's, like, the one you clip on. But I didn't, it didn't come with the charging case. It was only the travel one, so I couldn't record then. So this topic is a little behind us, but I'll still hop on it. Um, Gen X just waged wars on millennials saying that we don't, you know, know MTV. We don't know good music, blah, 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 blah. And what I'll say to this real quick is a lot of these things are true, but specifically for elder millennials, we're more aligned to Gen X. And granted, MTV and BET, by the time we were able to be aware of it and watch it, it had changed dramatically from its original programming format. So I won't say that that's untrue. But what I will say is a lot of the things that Gen X and boomers put on millennials are really issues that you have with Gen Z. They're not issues that you have with us. We are smart. We do... We have a lot of the same issues that you have. Like, we're not able to buy houses, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, y- y'all give us a lot of shit, but we do work hard. We, you know, a lot of us went to school and got our degrees. I mean, whatever that looks like for you, but we're not, like, these fucking, like, little demon seed assholes that are ungrateful. That's totally way younger millennials, meaning the ones that are born between, like, 96 and 2000. And I would say... uh all of Gen Z because <laughs> I, I've, I supervise some of them and they are, my God, they're hard to work with. They're very hard to work with. Like it's a lot of feelings. It's a lot of slow movement, not a lot of sense of urgency to get the work done. And because I'm on the West coast, I have to eat it. So, you know, <laughs> probably which didn't help with my, you know, probably aided in me gaining weight and, and having a back problem because I'm like, oh, my God, like carrying all this shit on me. So, yeah, but I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. I will have a better show for you next time for sure. This is just me, you know, putting my foot back in there, getting getting back out there. And I, I really thank you. I really appreciate um, you listening. Please like me rate me my promise to you is though that i will at least try to drop twice a month if not three to four times a month um it's your girl elise james this is emotional support human please um 
I believe I have an email address. Yes, the Elise James at gmail.com. Write me. Let me know what topics you'd like me to discuss. Please don't don't hesitate to reach out. Um, thank you for rocking with me. I'm, I'm going to try to keep doing this because I, I do enjoy it and it's been too long. All right, y'all. Good night. God bless.